1059 The Region, in partnership with REMAX Prime Properties, present On The Market, real estate advice that works for you. Have a real estate question? Call us at 416-335-1059. Tweet us at 1059 The Region or email us at info at 1059theregion.com. You're listening to 105.9 The Region, and welcome to On The Market. This is York Region's exclusive radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host and real estate expert is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties. Good morning, Asif. Good morning, Tina. As we're nearing the close of 2020 and the close of the month of December, let's take a look at home sales in York Region. What do you want to start with, the sold numbers perhaps? Yeah, let's start with the sold numbers. Let's start with inventory. Now, we've talked a lot about supply and demand, so inventory and sold numbers will go hand-in-hand, and we are looking at an increase in inventory of 16%. There's over 2,000 homes on the market in York Region for the month of December as we close it out, and compare that with just over 1,800 last December. So that shows you that People are still putting their homes on the market. You know, people are home right now, so there's a lot of traffic to these listings as people have nowhere to go, and and basically home shopping is what's in store for them this December. So inventory is up 16%. Normally that would mean that, you know, we're going to start to see uh, an effect on sale price. Maybe the the market is shifting, but listen to these numbers. Sales for December over last December – projected over the year, sorry, over the month are going to be up 117%. Wow. So even though sales are, uh, inventory is up 16%, sales will be up 117%. Last December, York Region as a whole sold 792 properties. Just in the first 15 days, we were at 730, Tina. We're going to finish with over 1,500 sales for York Region if the market continues at its pace over the last few days of the month. Okay, so let's break these down a little bit. Usually, in your industry, December does start to slow down. Is that not the case? It really does, but it has not been the case this December. Uh, I mean, even looking at a, a market like Aurora, like these numbers, let's compare where we were December 15th to the entire month of December last year. Aurora, 44 sales the entire month last year, 44 sales in the first 15 days. East Willemberry, 17 sales all of last December, 17 sales in the first 15 days. And as you go down through every area in York region, you're starting to see those numbers. A lot of them just in the first 15 days of December, had sold more homes than they did in the entire month of December last year. And that is just a testament to how strong the market has been since we came out of that first little break when we were in uh, phase three. Okay, so, you know, we've talked about this on this show a great deal, how we sense that many are leaving that downtown core or they're leaving their smaller condo looking for more greater space. Is that what accounts for what's happening right now in December in York Region? It does. And even within the region, Tina, we have seen a shift from people that had townhouses or semis or even condos making that move to detach because of the need for more space. 
And, you know, the people that are cashing out in Toronto and selling their little 600 or 700 square foot condo and getting their eight or $900,000 from that and moving into York region, they're getting quite a deal for houses. And what that's done is created bidding wars within the region for detached homes. Let's go through some of the monthly average prices compared to last year. Do you know Aurora is up 23.7 for average price? It's sitting at over a million dollars right now. The East Gwillimbury area is up 30% for average price. Georgina is up 30%. King is up 15%. Markham is up 10%. Newmarket, 16%. Richmond Hill is up 5.7%. Vaughn is up 14%. And even Stovall is up 12% in average price. So the people that waited hoping for a price drop or a correction. That's how much buying power they have lost by waiting. And we were telling people, don't listen to the negativity. You have to go out and trust the supply and demand issues because that's what determines the average price increases or declines. It's supply and demand. It's just basic, simple economics. And we've been saying that all year, and uh, here's how the year has played out. And I guess that's one of the few silver linings in this pandemic. You know, we've uh, we've struggled between March and, and up until our current situation. There have been changes in the economy, in the climate, in everything that's going on around us. So to see that maybe there is an upswing in real estate, that might be a good signal for the overall economy, perhaps? It really is, because the spinoff business that a real estate transaction puts into the local economy, it's about $90,000. And, you know, people are realizing that their home is a a basic human need. And what they want is they want to be comfortable at home, especially with everything that's happened. You know, people aren't traveling anymore. They're not spending money on entertainment. They're not going out. And they've realized that, you know, home is where it is. That's where they want to invest their money. That's why Contractors, you can't book a contractor for a couple of months now. Hot tubs are sold out, pools. People have realized that home is their sanctuary. And if they're going to spend more time at home, they want to be in the right home. And that's what we've seen over the pandemic is people realizing that, hey, if I'm going to be home 90% of the time, I want it to, I want to love it. And they've either moved or renovated their homes. And that's what we're seeing in the marketplace. And that's what really drove the market through the pandemic. And remember, we didn't have any foreign buyers this year. So a lot of that blame that foreign buyers were coming in and driving up prices, that does not exist. And once that opens up, if our borders open up January 21st or so, you're going to start to see a huge influx of people coming in and purchasing more properties. And that's really going to hurt our supply and drive up average price. So for people that are listening and they're around and they've been thinking about making that move, you pretty much have a window of opportunity up to about January 21st. If it gets, if the border closure gets extended beyond that, your window gets extended, but you have a small window to purchase that home at a decent price right now. All right, we'll see what happens after the break. The home buying habits of millennials. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Stay with us. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. 
You're listening to 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On The Market, York Region's only radio real estate show. I'm station manager Tina Cortez, and my co-host is Asif Khan with REMAX Prime Properties, and he has today's guest. Thank you, Tina. Joining us uh, today is Anshul Ruparel. He's the CEO of Properly. Properly is a Canadian company based out of Toronto. Anshul, welcome to our show. Hi, Asif. Very nice to meet you. Thanks for having me on. Great. Anshul, you guys just did a survey that found that millennials are unhappy where they live. What do you think that is? Um, well, I think that there's, there's a couple of things we found. Uh, and to be honest, when we commissioned the survey originally, it was largely because we'd been speaking to our customers who have been sharing stories with us about how their, their need for space has changed quite meaningfully since the pandemic started. Um, they historically would spend most of their time out in the city at work uh, and only be in their apartment or their home in the evenings and, and weekends. And now that they're spending almost every waking hour at home, they are realizing that they, that they need more from their, their home and their space. They're looking for detached homes. They're looking for a garden. They're looking for a home office, most of which are quite difficult to find in, in uh, a smaller space in the city. And so whereas prior to the pandemic, we found that millennials, on average, were actually quite happy with where they lived. Two-thirds of them had no issues with, with their current living arrangements. Now that we're 10 months into the pandemic, more than half of them are actually quite unhappy. And relative to the general population, in the next 12 months, they're twice as likely to buy a new home. Do you think they can afford these new homes? Do you think what millennials are looking for in homes is realistic? The, the types of homes that millennials seem to be looking for are, first of all, detached, that have a larger lot with the backyard, uh, more square footage, proximity to green space, um, a better home office. And if we, if we reflect on, on the trends we've seen for that particular type of home in Toronto over the last 12 months, it tells a, a, pretty, um, a pretty interesting story. Um, the first is that these, the, the, the percentage of these homes that have been listed in the market has gone down, and so there's very little supply of detached homes. In the last 12 months, the, the number of detached home listings in the GTA are down about 30%. Um, these homes are also a lot more competitive. And so whereas it used to take about 25 days on market to sell a home like this, it's now closer to 15 days. You need to be able to move very, very quickly to be successful in actually buying one of these homes. And then beyond that, the prices of detached homes have risen quite meaningfully, about 15% in the last 12 months. And so if you're one of the fortunate millennials that's in a position to afford a more expensive home in the city, you need to be in a position to move very quickly. And our survey also found that about 80% of folks would worry that making an offer with conditions, for example, an offer contingent on financing, would hurt their chances of successfully buying. And that certainly seems to be true. And it's one of the reasons why folks are, are, are quite interested in the service like properly that allows them to buy their next home before listeners can home in the market without the need to, to worry about a financing condition. Um, but for most millennials, their incomes haven't risen at the same rate that home prices have. And so they're looking primarily to suburban markets and, and outside of the city where their money can go a little bit further and can put them in a position to actually buy that home that they really desire. And so with the traditionally millennials have tended to purchase condos in the downtown core because they want to be in the heart of everything. Through this, have you seen more of them making that move for detached homes into York region and beyond? We, we certainly have. Um, I mean, I can, I can just tell you a story. One of our customers uh, Courtney and Justin, they bought a, their first condo together in Toronto, the pre-construction 
a two-bedroom unit in Leaside that they were very happy in, and then the pandemic hit, and all of a sudden they realized, especially because they were expecting their first child, that their needs for their space had just changed dramatically. And they now wanted more space to grow their family in, and they just couldn't afford to buy in the same neighborhood that they were living in um, at that time. And so they started to work elsewhere, and they just widened their search criteria. And all of a sudden, regions that historically, when they were forced to, to commute downtown every day, would have been more difficult to live in, are now becoming a lot more appealing. And so they started to look in, in the York region. They ended up settling in Niagara. Um, and we're finding that a lot of our customers are looking not just in the suburbs of, of Toronto and the GTA, but also to the peripheral regions, the Niagara's and the Prince Edward counties. And what long-term impacts do you think the pandemic will have on home buying trends? I think that even in advance of the pandemic, many folks were frustrated with the process of buying and selling a home. They're faced with, with a very stressful and complex and uncertain experience that requires them to host open houses and showings and to have their home prepared for sale uh, and to interact with oftentimes dozens of intermediaries uh, as they navigate from the beginning to the end of that process. And they were, were frustrated by those issues before the pandemic, and I think that the pandemic has just simply exacerbated the issues quite meaningfully uh, and accelerated the need for change in their mind. And so whereas historically it would have been very unappealing to host folks in your home for showings, during a pandemic it's candidly quite dangerous. And, you know, whereas you used to have to corral the kids up and perhaps take them out of the house in the evening to facilitate uh, someone coming to tour your home, now you need to just pray that that, that uh, tour wore a mask and that when you get back, you'll have to light all what the counters down. And so the stress has uh, increased quite meaningfully. And as we touched on before, it's becoming even more difficult to buy a home because the supplies have gone down quite a bit. And so you need to be in a position to move very quickly. And so I think there's been a lot of pressure on the real estate industry to make changes to give people the ability to be more confident and to move more quickly when buying a home and to avoid a lot of those stresses associated with selling. Um, and so I think that services like property are an example, but we've seen that most of the top agents in Toronto start to take an approach of using technology to streamline the process and to put prospective homeowners or home sellers in a position where they don't need to go through all those stresses that they did before. Uh, and I don't think that those, that those trends are, are going away anytime soon. And to be honest, I think that we're, we're quite excited to, to play a role in helping to make the real estate more customer-centric, not just during the pandemic, but, but also afterwards. And so millennials have been known to act quickly and on impulse. Do you think once the novelty of the bigger suburban house on a larger lot wears off, that millennials will flock back to the city and, and maybe even get back into the condo market? So what we found from the folks that we've spoken to is that most of the millennials who are choosing to move to suburban markets or to regions outside of Toronto are, are largely doing so because they believe that the flexibility that they've been afforded by their employers uh, will sustain. And so they are, are quite content to, to be in an area that gives them more space and access to um, the, the amenities that they need within and, and near the home uh, to help them have the, the quality of life that they're looking for. That said, I, I think that, that the reasons that these folks are moving to are also going to start changing as well. And so a lot of the benefits that used to be exclusive to perhaps central Toronto of very dense, densely packed amenities, proximity to uh, your friends, those things are now being forced upon these uh, peripheral regions and, and to the suburbs as well. And so I think we'll see a lot more density of, of amenities uh, start to pop up. And 
it won't be as difficult to you know, find a coffee shop in, in your rural communities as it may have been in advance of the pandemic. Um, and so it's tough for us to predict with total certainty what will happen, but it does seem like some of these trends are, are here to stay. That would be interesting to watch for sure. Now, we began this conversation when we introduced you as the co-founder of Properly. Can you tell us a little bit more about Properly? How do you let people know, you know, when to buy, when to sell? What exactly does that mean? So Properly is a tech-enabled real estate brokerage that enables homeowners to buy first and sell later without the pressure to line up dates or distress of looking for showings. Uh, and so more specifically, Properly offers a product called Sale Assurance that acts as a temporary replacement for a traditional sale, allowing you to get firm financing to buy your next home without needing to sell or honestly even list your current home first. And while you settle into your new place, Properly and our team of experienced real estate agents will prep, list, and show your old home uh, to get you the best price in the market. And generally speaking, homeowners are faced with this dilemma and it's existed for for as long as home buying and selling has, has, has taken place, where you need to decide do you buy first or do you sell first. And both come with quite meaningful risk. Uh, you can buy first, and then perhaps your existing home doesn't sell in time, and you're left uh, having to close in that new home, and perhaps you're holding two mortgages. Or you may um, sell first and then are in a position where you've got to find temporary accommodation until you can move into your new home or, or need to, or are forced to buy whatever home just happens to be on the market at that point in time. Uh, and so with properly, you're not really forced to grapple with that chicken or egg problem, but instead can buy as soon as you find that perfect home you love uh, without worrying about your, your home selling in time to close. So walk me through that a little bit more. Are you carrying then two mortgages? Is there some sort of bridge financing that's involved? How exactly does that work? So properly sale assurance allows you to access your equity and secure financing when you need it, so you never miss out on the right home. And so what that means more specifically is that when you find that perfect home, you will receive a sale assurance contract from Properly that you can take to your bank, and the bank will treat it like cash. And so they'll say, you can now access all of your existing equity as well as get approved for a new mortgage to buy that next home so that you can buy, close, and actually move into that new home. Uh, and once you've done so, Properly will then list your existing home on the market. And in the event that that home doesn't sell in 90 to 150 days, then properly we'll actually just buy it from you at that sale assurance value. Um, and we'll actually cover the cost of your new home mortgage until your existing home sells. So as a homeowner, you're not actually incurring any incremental costs associated with owning two homes at the same time. Uh, it's really as though you only own that, that one home. Um, and in the event that property does buy that home, which actually happens very rarely because most homes do sell within that 90-day period, um, when we buy the home and then resell it, we'll actually refund back any upside generated from the sale. And so our customers pay the same price as you would to, uh, to sell your home traditionally. We charge a standard 5% listing commission. But in exchange for that, not only do you get access to some of the, the top agents in Toronto and the ability to, to have your home um, you know, listed on the market with, with a lot of, of confidence and precision, but you also get the ability to buy their next home as soon as you find it. Um, and to, to sell your old home from the comfort of your new one. That sounds great, I'm sure. And, you know, a lot of our listeners will be thinking, well, it's a seller's market. My home's going to sell quick. What are the costs associated with this insurance, uh, the purchase insurance that you call it, and uh, how long does it take to set that up? Yeah, the, the sale insurance. So, so working with properly actually costs the same as it would cost to sell your home with a with the traditional real estate agent. Uh, so we charge a, f- a 5% listing commission. And so there's actually no incremental cost. 
Um, and in exchange for that, not only do you have the, the guarantee of your existing home selling, but the ability to buy your next home to move into it well in advance of even listing your existing home. You don't have to, to bid through the showings and, and preparation. Um, and the, the process is actually the same as what it would be or very similar to what it would be if you were to sell it traditionally. And so you come to properly and we'll provide you almost instantly with that sales insurance contract. And then you can start touring your home knowing exactly what your purchasing power is, your home buying budget is, um, and that contract will kick in as soon as you make an offer on that new home. Awesome. Well, if more uh, information is required by our listeners, where can they go to find that? The, the best place to learn more about properly is at properly.ca. Um, and in addition to the, the real estate service that I just described, where we help you buy your next home uh, before listing your existing home, we also have access to Canada's most accurate automatic home value report. And so you can go and just type in your address and get access to this free report, which allows you to, to track your home value over time, as well as to see up-to-date market comps in the area. So even if you're not ready to, to sell today, it gives you a chance to get a sense for you know, what might your home sell for when you're ready. Ashul, thank you very much for joining us, and we look forward to having you on again and seeing what uh, millennials are doing in the new year. My pleasure. When we come back, your real estate questions, and we put Asif on the spot. Should you list now or wait for spring? Stick around. This is On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Need to connect with Asif Khan from REMAX Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca. Now, back to On the Market on 105.9 The Region. Welcome back to On the Market, York Region's exclusive radio real estate show on 105.9 The Region. Before we get to our listener questions, Asif, you mentioned off the air that the two questions you're getting most often right now are, should I list now or wait until spring? Should I buy now or wait until spring? What are the answers? <laughs> well, so the, the number one answer for listing now or waiting until spring. Right now, uh, you know, as we mentioned earlier on the show, there's very limited inventory. And what you want to do is when you're selling a property, you want to get on the market when you don't have a lot of competition from your neighbors. This market is very, you know, different than traditional markets in December. And by that, I mean there was so much pent-up demand coming out in June, July, August, and that has continued. So this is typically more like a August market this December, and that's why you're seeing a lot of activity. And a lot of people missed out on homes during the peak summer selling season this year, uh, which would have been a spring season last year, but they missed out on purchasing their homes because there was so much demand, not enough inventory, and everything was multiple offer. And that's why listings continue to hit the market and continue to be scooped up. So if you are thinking of listing, people aren't traveling this year. They're here. They're around. They have the time to get out and go and see your place or shop online and see your virtual tour. And once they narrow it down, they can come in and take a look. So this is a good time to list. And, and there's a lot of activity this December as compared to previous Decembers. So I wouldn't wait. I would get the jump on your neighbors because realistically they're preparing their home for sale over the holidays and they're going to hit the market in January or February. So you may as well get on now. Okay. And as for buyers, Tina, mm-hmm. this is a, you know, there, there's a lot of competition in the spring. So if you think about it psychologically, a lot of buyers may wait until the spring 
to purchase their homes. So now you're competing with other buyers, just like in a listing you would compete with other listings. Now you're going to be competing with other buyers. So, you know, while buyers are taking a little bit of a break and spending some time at home with the family for the Christmas holidays, you may want to get out there and scoop a property. We we had one of our clients just purchase a property and a couple of months ago, there probably would have been 10, 15 offers on this. There was only three offers on this place. And she got a very good deal because there weren't as many buyers out, and she was able to scoop it. So she had missed out on a few homes during the summer season. She went out and purchased the property. And, you know, there's some, there's some deals to be had in terms of you won't have to pay as much as you would if you were competing with 10 or 15 people. Okay, so let's get to our listener questions for this week. And the first one comes from Tom in Richmond Hill. He wants to know, how many years of experience should an agent have before you hire him or her? Does it matter? Great question. It really matters how many transactions the agent has completed. Because you could have someone that's been in the business for three or four years, but they've been selling 40, 50 properties a year. You could have someone that's been in the business for 20 years, and they only sell three or four properties a year. So I believe it's the experience in terms of number of transactions they've handled, the different types of transactions, and what it comes down to is their problem-solving ability. Because in the end, that's what realtors do. They solve problems. And if when you're interviewing agents, if they can demonstrate an ability to negotiate for you, an ability to problem-solve, because a lot of times it's not the actual sale that you're getting paid on as an agent. It's Everything that happens after the sale, and there's so many things that can go wrong to derail a transaction, you need to be able to have the experience and the knowledge to deal with that. Absolutely. To navigate that, you need the experience for sure. Our next question comes from Jerry and Markham. He wants to know how to find a trustworthy home inspector. Another great question. You know, home inspectors, uh, most of them are licensed. A lot of the good ones are licensed. Anyone can pretty much become a home inspector, but if you look for someone that is licensed, that's certified by the Home Inspector Association, and ask your realtor. Uh, Ask your realtor, because we deal with these home inspectors all the time. We know the good ones. We know the ones that uh, are just, you know, uh, contractors that say they're a home inspector. So, uh, you know, you want someone to be able to have the equipment to go in and take a look at the property for you and make those suggestions. Now, an inspector is only going to, it's a subjective point of view. So it's what that inspector thinks of that property. So no inspector is going to say you should or should not purchase the house. The main thing that a home inspector does is point out certain areas that could need attention and areas that may need attention before you move in. And a proper inspector will actually be able to give you an idea of what work needs to be done and how much that work would cost, and then you can make your decision based on that information. Great information, great advice. Now, Asif, this is our last show of 2020. Do you have sort of a final real estate message for our listeners? Maybe a look back or let's take a look ahead instead. (laughs) What do you think? Wow. You know what? I I can't believe it's our final show, Tina. It seems like we just started 2020. And with everything (laughs) that's happened, you know, sometimes it feels like it's been two years and sometimes it feels like it's been a month. But, uh, you know, for our listeners, what we've learned in 2020 is real estate is cyclical and real estate is consistent. So you can't really take a small segment of the market or a small segment of the year and 
make decisions on where the real estate market is going. Think of all of the reports that had come out in March or April about the market crashing and prices falling 18% or 30%. And what we told people was just hang in there. You know, it's a supply and demand issue, and we don't have any supply. Demand is still strong, and we're going to come out of this and still beat last year's sales. And that's what we've seen. And it's really is a long-term investment. And to properly look at what's happening in the course of a year, you have to look at the entire year and, you know, see how 2020 turned out, even with all the negativity, with everything that happened. And we basically had everything but the kitchen sink thrown at us. And in some cases, the kitchen sink was thrown at us. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we came out of it and 2020 finished as the third strongest year on MLS history. So that says a lot about uh, the perseverance of the uh, Toronto real estate market as a whole in the greater Toronto area. And York Region played a huge role in that with all the people moving to the region and upsizing or smart sizing. What a great year for York Region real estate. And, uh, you know, 2021 promises to be the same. We just have to be patient and let's see how the cards unfold at the end of the year. Absolutely. Happy holidays. Happy New Year, my friend. And you too, Tina. Have a great Christmas. And to our listeners, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and we will talk to you in the new year. That's our show for this week. Remember, if you need to connect with Asif Khan, or if you missed any part of On the Market, go to 1059theregion.com. Thanks for listening. Need to connect with Asif Khan from Remax Prime Properties? Call him, 416-985-Khan. That's 416-985-5426. Or email asif at thehomeshop.ca.